Open your Bibles to the book of Hosea, chapter 14. If you don't know where Hosea is, it's on page 1,336. That's it, if your Bible's really anointed. For, you know, I never know who's been with me for a while or who's here tonight for the first time. So just to remind everyone that last Wednesday night, two nights ago, on the Jewish calendar and according to the scriptures, it's what's called in Hebrew Rosh Hashanah, which means the head of the year. Uh, America, or most of the world, celebrates the new year January 1st, but that's man-made. Biblically, Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of the new year. Now, this is a great time of celebration, but it's also a great time of looking on the inside. In seven days, next Wednesday, Next Wednesday is Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is out of Leviticus chapter 16, which is where I got years ago before I even understood Jewish roots, where I got the understanding of breaking generational curses. That Jesus didn't, that's that's Leviticus 16. I didn't even know it was Yom Kippur. Years ago when when I was, Tiz and I were pastoring in Australia, I... I said, you know, man, I'm just like my dad. What's in my dad was in me, but the difference is I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. So I went to look it up to find out if there's something real about curses being passed from generation to generation, and my study led led me to Leviticus chapter 16, which is a sister scripture to Matthew chapter 16, where Jesus said to Peter, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, well, some say you're this, some say you're that. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ. In Hebrew, the word Christ means the, uh, the burden, rem- the anointed one, which removes the burden, forgives us of our sin, and breaks the curse. Cursed is he who hangs on a tree. And so that happened years ago before I ever knew that God was going to lead me to understanding Jewish roots. I began to study that, and I found out that on Yom Kippur, they would bring two goats. Why the goats? Because in every flock, there are sheeps, sheep, and there are goats. The goats get sacrificed. What's the difference between a sheep and a goat? When God tells a sheep what to do, he says, yeah. But when God tells a goat what to do, he says, yeah, but I can't afford to. Or, yeah, but he did this to me. Oh, it got quiet in here. And so on Yom Kippur, which is next Wednesday night, this is when they would sacrifice. This is when... The high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle the sacrifice of uh, the blood of that sacrifice seven times. This is when the water, the living water, was mixed with the wine, and the water will teach all of this in the next week or so. And, and the people would see the water and the wine being poured out, but they, they were so, so many of them coming, they would shout, We thirst! which is what Jesus said when they lifted up the wine to him, and then they shout, is it finished? 
And when the water and the wine and the blood were all mixed together, finally to forgive us of our sin and to break every curse and to release every blessing from the Holy of Holies, the high priest would shout out, It is finished. Sound like anybody we know? That's what this is all about. Someday it will be eternal. Until then, it is temporal. And so on Wednesday, God didn't open up, or maybe he did, we don't know yet. God opened up a book to see if our name was written in the book of life and death. Now, if many, many the rabbis believe that the Messiah will come on Yom Kippur or on the Feast of Trumpets, uh, I won't have time to get into it, but I can almost guarantee I can prove you that that's when Jesus was born was the Feast of Trumpets when God, when they, we would celebrate, and we'll do that here, celebrate that God will tabernacle amongst us. Someday in Jerusalem, he will tabernacle amongst us forever and ever and ever. If it doesn't happen this year, it's a good practice for us to tabernacle with Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Sitkanu and Jehovah Mekadesh, and all we have to do is make sure we're loving God and loving our neighbor. Can I have an amen? amen. So last Wednesday, the book was open. Not only to see if we're serving God, but the book is open to see if we have been doing what God tells us to do. When God opened the book, he asked a question, is it what? Written. So what he's looking at is, is our name written for the good deeds that we've done? He's not writing down the bad things we've done. The bad things that we've done simply blocks the blessing of God. The good things that we've done, he writes down. In the Talmud, which is, which is a fascinating teaching of, of Jewish, Jewish understanding, they ask on this night, the night of return, or on this whole week, why should we return to God, or why should we repent? And the answer is, the reason why we should repent or return to God is because there is an eye that sees everything we do, and there is a book that writes it all down. When I was the singles or the youth pastor in our first church back when I got saved, I told all the kids that dated, every time you go on a date, God is there, he's writing it down, and then he tells me. (laughs) There is an eye that sees all that we do, and there is a book which all of our deeds are written down. Now, I really want to emphasize this. God is not writing down the bad things we do. And I'm going to, re- I'm going to really teach on that on, on, uh, on Sunday. We think that if we, if we scare enough people, you know, when I first got saved, I thought if I scared enough people, I'd convince them to go to heaven. And I realized I can motivate a whole lot more people than I can scare The reality of it is, why would we not want to do what's right when doing wrong stops the blessing? God has a a barrel of blessing for you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. And he'll release that blessing 
according to our good deeds. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, where you're going to live, what you're going to wear, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his good deeds, his charitable deeds. For God knows you have need of all these things, and it is the Father's good pleasure to give them to us. Someday, you and I will stand before the Lord forever and ever and ever, and he'll reward us. And, and how many know that it'll be too late to go, wait, can I have another minute? It's all done. It's all done. There's nothing we can do to earn salvation. There's nothing we can do to earn the love of God. But there are, are things that we can do that blocks the blessing of God or opens that divine channel and pours us out a blessing that no man can contain. So that's why in God's love for 30 days up until last Wednesday, he would say, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm. Now, l- l- let, me, let me give you a rabbinical saying on that. The, the rabbis, the, the high priest would stand. Here's, we all know the Western Wall where everybody, you see everybody come to pray. And then there's the other wall where the steps are that Peter said this was that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. On the corner of that wall, before Rome pushed it over, there was a, a cornerstone. A lot of us think that cornerstone would be on the bottom, but it's not. The cornerstone was on top, and so the walls would come like this. But then that cornerstone would jut out from the wall, and that's where the high priest would blow the alarm. He'd blow the alarm saying that there's a war. He'd blow the trumpet saying, come to learn. That's why in our new church, instead of church bells, we're going to have a shofar that blows across the land and across the highway. If they can have the call to prayer three times a day for Islam, we can blow the shofar and call the people back. Amen? And But the other one is blow the shofar announcing there's a new king on the throne. And so that's what God has been doing, and we've been doing it as often as we can, is blowing the trumpet and saying to all the people, put the Lord back on the throne. But there's a rabbinical saying that if you only hear the echo of the shofar, you're not close enough to the throne of God. And I was thinking about that today, and I said, what would that mean to us if you only hear the echo then you're not close enough to the throne of God for Yom Kippur. That means if your wife has to talk you into going to church, or your mom has to talk you into going to church, or or your wife has to sneak in your tithe so that you don't know, you're hearing the echo, but it's time in a few days to get close enough to Jerusalem that you hear the shofar not through someone else, not echoing off of someone else, but yourself. Why? Because God is saying, I'm about to return to you. All you got to do is return to me. Amen. Let's read Hosea chapter 14. This is the scripture that the ancient teachings of, of do you all know what the Talmud is? Do you hear me talking on that? There are actually, there are actually two different Talmuds, basically. There's the Babylonian Talmud, 
which when Israel went into captivity, God raised up great wisdom and great knowledge. And then there's the Jerusalem Talmud. These are the things in which the teachers take the scriptures and, and teach and expound on them. They'd be like our commentaries, only vast volumes of it. So there, this commandment on this night, on this Shabbat, the Shabbat of, of Shuvah, the Shabbat of return or the Shabbat of repenting, Every teacher, that's what rabbi means, is, is commanded by God to teach this to his students every night this time of the year. Read chapter 14, Hosea, verse 1. O Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you and return to the Lord and say to him, take away all iniquity, all curses, and receive us graciously, for we have offered the sacrifice of our lips. Now, I don't want to take a whole lot of time in this part, but look at verse 2 again. Take words with you. Return in the Lord and take words with you. You know what that means in Hebrew? If you have been saying things contrary to the word of God, I can't afford to tithe. I know I should forgive, but look what he did or look what she did. The rabbis teach that our words have cursed us. So as we return to the Lord, take our words with us that have clogged up. You know, I understand what's happening in Wall Street, but we are in this world, but not of this world. Our bank is not Wachovia or whoever. Our bank is the bank of heaven that never rust, rust and moth will not corrupt. Can I have an amen? amen? Receive us graciously, for we will offer sacrifices of our lips. Let our words match, match the words of God. Assyria, the government shall not save us. Now, isn't that amazing that this is being written tonight? Isn't it amazing that on the day... People are saying, our government has saved us. God is saying, I command you to read this to your people. It's not a coincidence, folks. It is end time prophecy for those who have ears to hear. Look what it says. Assyria, the government shall not save us. We're not going to ride on literally their horses anymore. Nor will we say any more to the work of our hands, nor will we say any more to the work of our hands, you are our gods, for in you the fatherless find mercy. Let me stop right there. Don't you know a lot of people who, I'll, I'll, I'll bet you a dollar to a donut hole, there are a lot of people that got rich because they were Christians, because they tithed, because they gave offerings, and they walked away from it because their tithe was too big from where they started. And don't you know, in the last week, a lot of those people were back in church, back praying, back repenting, and God is saying to them, return to me, and guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to return to you. See, he's not saying, well, I'm going to use you as an example. No, he's saying, you know, and you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe you didn't lose uh, $6.5 billion. If you did, I guarantee you you're not tithing in this church. Because I, I didn't notice that. I, you, you and I already had coffee <laughs> at my house. 
But this is how wonderful God is. It doesn't matter if we stop tithing at $6.5 billion or we stop tithing at $300 a week. God is saying, return unto me. I'm about to put this nation again to be one nation under God, and I'm going to take the wealth out of those who won't tithe into the hands of those that are tithing. This is the beginning. Amen? Look what it says. I will heal. Look how good our God is. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. I'm going to explain this. For my anger has turned away from him. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall grow like the lily. Now, look at me. Maybe you're sitting here and you say, well, pastor, you don't know what I did this last year. It doesn't matter. Now, I know a lot of people tell you it does, but I'm going to tell you what the word of God says. You may have done something little, you may, you, may have just, you may have just gossiped, or you may have done something big. You may have robbed God once, or you may have been robbing God the whole year. But tonight, God is saying, return unto me, and I'll return unto you. But don't I have to pay a price? The price is already paid, and it's paid in full. I'm going to prove it to you. Are you I know religion tells you you got to pay a price. I'm telling you, the Word of God says you don't have to pay a price. If we get it right this week, God will make all things new. Oh, I need a better amen than that. I will heal their backsliding. Look at this next verse. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned away from him. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall grow like the lily. And lengthen his roots like Lebanon, his branch, which, was, which was beautiful. His branches shall spread. His beauty shall be like an olive tree. His fragrance like Lebanon. Those who dwell under his shadow shall return. Well, you know what that means? Look at that again. Those who dwell under his shadow. Look at the word his. Capital H or small h? Small. Small h. So he's talking about if you and I have been doing something wrong, it's been keeping our kids from getting saved. But those who are under our shadow, they'll come back to the Lord or they'll come to the Lord the first time. That means our kids and our grandkids and our loved ones, they're going to get saved this year. And You know how I love my, my sugars, my grand sugars, which they got a cold tonight, so... They're at home. If, if I didn't te- treat Tiz with respect, it would not only block my finances, it could hinder my sugars from knowing the Lord. It's easy to get blessed. Amen? Look what it, look what it says here. Um, those who dwell under his shadow shall return. See, his, his fragrance... His beauty shall be like an olive tree. His roots like... He's talking about, about you and I who, no matter big or little, when we, when we get right this week, this next year is going to be wonderful. They shall be revived like grain and grow like the vine. Their scent shall be like the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, what have I to do any more with idols? They're going to say, why, why am I out there living like this? Why, all of a sudden, our kids and our grandkids, our loved ones, will wake up and go, why am I living like this? Man, I need to get in and serve God and live for the Lord. 
fulfill that call that God put on my life. What have I to do with idols? I have heard and observed him. I am like a green cypress tree. Your fruit is found in me. Who is wise? Let let, let me back up there. I'm trying to go through this quickly. Your fruit is found in me. Our fruit, everything we're looking for is in God. We don't have to look anywhere else. God is our answer. Who is wise? Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Let him know them. For the ways, now I want you to look at this because I'm going to show you something at the end of this teaching in a few minutes. The ways of the Lord are right. The ways of the Lord are right. Not the ways of the world, not the ways of our mind, not the ways of our emotions. God's ways are right. And the righteous walk in them, but the transgressors stumble in them. Now, I want you to notice that this scripture, once again, God commands every teacher to teach his, his people on this, on this night. In the original Torah, in the original transcripts, and most of you know this, it was written in, it, as it was written in Hebrew, in Hebrew there are no vowels. So as the scribes transcribe this verse that says, return unto me, it's actually one of the few verses in the Bible that the scribes transcribe it in two different ways. Watch this. First off, he says, return. Now, it says again, return to the Lord your God. The first, when they add the vowels in Hebrew... It says, return, the first transcript is, return for God is witness to all that you do. Now, religion says, return to God because God sees all the bad things that you do. But that's not what it says in Hebrew. It says, return to God because he writes down all the good things that you do. And it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So he says, return unto me. Well, how do I return? Well, come to church. How do I return? Forgive your enemy. How do I return? Quit fighting at home. I'm going to say this to every adult here. It's time for us to grow up. I saw a guy and a gal, go, uh, we were leaving church about a, m- a couple months ago, fight. I mean, and they were like 50 years old. And then she got, they, he pulled over, right down the road, pulled over, she got out. And I'm thinking, what are you going to do now? Throw yourself on the floor and have a temper tantrum? How many want to be blessed? Grow up. <laughs> Grow up. The sugars, I, I do spoil them. That's what grandparents are for. I do spoil my grand sugars. And for the first time ever, Judah did something. You know, my, our grand sugars are twins. Judah did something. This has been a few months ago, and I, I, haven't, I haven't rebuked them since. And, uh, and, I, and he did something, and I'd, we'd had him for like 10 hours, and, and he, he did something, and I can't remember what it was. And I said, Judah, no. And he goes, Saba said no to Judah. And I went, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
Well, that, you know, that's okay for four-year-olds to do, or it was three then, three-year-olds to do. But you know what? If you're 15, it's time, or 25, or 50. You, you, how many want to be blessed? God says, return, for it is written, for God is witness to all that you do. Now, I'm going to go through this real quick because i got three more points to make very quickly. I wish, isn't it, Malachi 3 said, we're going to send messengers. I believe you and I are the messengers that's going to connect all the dots. Here the Lord says, return. And, and one of the transcripts, trying to write it and add the vowels, says, for God witnesses all that you do. This is a scripture that connects the dots. The Bible says Satan is standing before the throne of God accusing the brethren. He's up there standing before the throne saying, you can't bless her, you can't bless him. Look at what they did, look what they didn't do, look at that. But Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God making intercession and saying, yeah, they did. But between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, they got it right, and their name is written in your book of blessing. And God is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Amen? Now, let me, let me say this. The rabbis teach that God is God every day. But on appointments, and I'm going to show you something at the very end, on appointed days... He's closer than on the normal days. So when it says return, why? Because God is running to and fro looking for someone. He can be strong on their behalf, and he wants to write down, he forgave that person that did him wrong. He, 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 he or she stopped gossiping. They paid their tithes. They put stedka, and, and I've got a whole barrel full of blessing that I'm going to release you this year because I wrote down everything that you did good. Now, the wonderful thing is, is that with God's mercy, maybe we should have been doing things for the last 10 months. All we have to do is repent for what we're doing wrong or repent because we didn't do it, and he'll start it all over and begin our, and, and, and without getting too much teaching, and it's taught that even though you didn't do it, if you repent now, he'll actually repay you as if you did. Oh, somebody ought to say amen for that. Let me give give you something that you can say amen. How many know a tenth is the Lord's? Okay, if you don't tithe, then on top of that 10%, by the scriptures, you owe another 15% of that 10%. On this week, if you repent and start tithing, he wipes out the debt. Oh, I knew I'd get a better. uh, You know, y'all are doing good. I'm going over to the Baptist side over here. Okay. Let me say it again. If you you haven't, if you have, let's say you make $100. Okay. A tenth of that and an offering besides the stetka is the large. So $10 plus is the large. If you don't pay that $10, and this is in the scriptures, you owe 15% of that $10. 
So take that over a year, you think the IRS adds interest. But during Rosh Hashanah, the Yom Kippur, if you say, Lord, forgive me, I haven't been paying my tithes, or how many know that every seed produces after its own kind? So let's say you've been gossiping or backbiting or doing something like that. You're releasing curses, growing, growing, growing. But if between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur you say, God, I repent of this, then God not only, not only wipes the book clean, but he breaks the curse. Remember it says you're cursed with a curse? Okay, that's what that means. You've not only cursed, but you're, 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 you're reaping the harvest of that. God will wipe it clean and start you over and pay you this next year as if you've been doing it right all along because you repented. Oh, give the Lord a clap offering. That's pretty cool. Okay, so the second way it's written is return. First way is return for God is a witness to all that you do. The devil's up there accusing you, but Jesus is up there saying, no, they got it right. Go ahead and bless them. The second translation is return and be a witness for Adonai, your God. Be a witness. Return and be a witness. One is to bless you. The other is for you to be a blessing. Remember when Jesus said in Matthew, he said, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. If no, God doesn't light a candle and then put it under a bushel. Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to show you how to live it. When they see your good works, they will glorify your Father in heaven. And so one is when we return, we get a blessing. The other is when we return, we become a blessing because God has called you and I in Israel to be the light of the world on the salt of the earth. And if we're not the salt of the earth, all we are is religious. But when we look for opportunities, when we don't have to be told anymore, it's in our heart. You know what? In, in Israel, in Israel, even beggars give to other beggars because they know the only way I can get out of my situation is so a, a, a beggar will come by, a beggar will come by the yeshiva. Yeshiva is where they study the word of God. And beggars daily will come by the yeshiva. Why? Because they know that if someone comes by in need and they don't, those in the yeshiva don't help those in need, then the truth will not get in them. If you say you love God, but you don't love your... Then we're lying and the truth... So when we come to church, okay, we put out, as they did in the tabernacle, the stetka boxes. The tenth goes to the Lord, but, but the, the stetka boxes are there to help somebody because there's always somebody in need. So if a beggar comes to the house of God, he knows that in the house of God, they, the students will give him something because if God brings them a chance to do righteousness... 
and they don't take it, then the truth that he wanted to give them that day won't get in them. But then when that beggar leaves, if he runs into another beggar who didn't make it when the doors were open that morning, then that beggar is obligated to give to that beggar because he didn't get his blessing and he knows that if he doesn't give to someone else, then the blessing that's supposed to come to him will be blocked also. There's always somebody that needs our help. Can I have an amen? And when that doesn't have to be taught anymore, when it's just in your heart that, that you, you know, the, the tithe comes, and no matter what, no matter what Wall Street does, the tithe comes, that God's house may be full, and we come and we put something in the Stedka box while the worship's going on or while you're coming to your seat or something, God knows that you've crossed the line from being one of the normal ones into the children of miracles. Okay? All right, so... Let me give you this. One more scripture, okay? All right, go with me to Isaiah. If you don't know where Isaiah is, turn to the left from Hosea. Past the streets of Jeremiah. Past the streets of Ezekiel. To Isaiah 55. This is so neat. When I was studying this, this is so cool. I want to read you one of the scriptures that everybody knows, but tonight we're going to... We're going to attach the dots look at isaiah 55 verse 8 now remember what we read in hosea he said the lord's ways are right this is the other scripture that goes along with this isaiah 55 8 for my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways say the lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now, every Christian knows that. My ways and every faith preacher uses this. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. But what we leave out is what's to be read on on tonight, the scripture that comes right before this. Look at verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Now look at me. Kind of confusing. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Now first off, the word found in Hebrew is the root word that means it requires no effort. It means to even those who are unworthy. See, our God's not a hard taskmaster. Our God is a good God. The word found, seek the Lord while he may be found, it means requiring no effort. You know, when I was reading that today, and and it gets even better, but let me just take a second. When I was reading that today, I was thinking about when I became a Christian. I I, I was not looking for church. I was not looking for Jesus Christ. I was looking into everything else there was, but everything else came up empty. And it, it, this word found means, it literally means like if, if, if you, you, you don't work a job or you don't provide for your family, but all of a sudden you say, you know what, I need to get right, and you stumble over a bag of money. You didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it, 
We didn't work for it, but we go, you know what? I need to do what's right. Oh, holy smokes. God is a good God. Now watch this. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. The Babylonian Talmud, a great, great scholar, an incredible scholar, teaches on this. And he says, this, this, is, this is, obviously, by, by their teaching, tonight and this whole week. And he says, seek the Lord while he may be found. And the rabbi goes on, Mamamides goes on and says, God can be found any day of the week. But on this Shabbat, from this Shabbat till Wednesday, God's love for us is so great, he lifts us up off the earth. And we are literally, from tonight to Wednesday, closer to heaven than we are to earth. If you and I have gathered together on the Shabbat of return, God says, and, and it's, and it's as, 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 as the time, it's compared to when God gave Moses the Torah. Moses was closer to heaven than he was to earth. And so in December we can find God. In February we can find God. But on this week, God lifts those who are willing to return. And he lifts them off of the limitations of this earth. And heaven is closer to our lives than earth is. This is what it means when he says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. He's always there. We can call on him 24 hours a day. But on the Sabbath, that is a time of miracles. On the Sabbath of Shavuot, it is a time of return. And from now to Yom Kippur, God is taking our hearts as he speaks to us. And we say, Lord, I need to get closer to you. And he begins to lift us up. And he begins to lift us up, and he begins to lift us up, and he begins to lift us up. And the rabbis teach that if you and I, between when the book is open and when the book is sealed, now he'll bless us in December, he'll bless us in January, but why not get the whole year? He he can pour blessing through this, but why not get the whole barrel? And now listen to this. And those of us who respond and say, you know what, Lord? I haven't been treating people right. I haven't been doing this. I need to, I need to go ask my neighbor to forgive me for cutting his rose bushes down because <laughs> they came over my fence. Or I don't know if anybody did that. If anybody did that, that, that I, I had no idea. So, but you better, you better go buy your neighbor new rose bushes. But if you will, this week, he will draw you closer to heaven than you are to earth. And what does that mean? Then this year, you don't have to depend on those from earth he from heaven will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory this is a good week somebody say amen would you give the lord a clap offering and tell him you love him hallelujah